You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I want to welcome you all to the Blissful Living Show. Before we even get started with our just wonderful guest today, what I want to ask you is to take some time out for yourself and just make this a little sacred few moments in the day where you listen and just really Utilize the information that the guest is going to share with you for yourself. Um, find your favorite place to sit. Get your favorite beverage, light a candle or incense or whatever you want to do, and get something to write with and a piece of paper, pad of paper, and just sit back and relax and just absorb, like I said, the nuggets of gold that the guest is going to share with you. Also, if you like what you hear on the show, please share it with everyone that you love and care about, as well as subscribe to the show. That way you get advanced notification of the shows and when they're airing and the guests and all that phenomenal stuff. I don't want you guys to miss out on any of the information that is shared by the wonderful guests that appear on the show. So um, if you subscribe, you'll get advanced notification. And if you like what you hear, please share the show with everyone you love and care about. That way we are able to get the message uh, to the spheres, so to speak, in around the world. And before we get really into everything, what I want to do is, first of all, thank our guest, which we'll get into um, her in a minute. Her name is Pollyanna Laura. And um, I want to thank our sponsors for the show. The first sponsor is Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Check them out. They're doing some miraculous things with helping people to unlock their bliss step into the life of their dreams by the balancing of the pillars of wellness, wisdom, and wealth. Lots of free stuff that you can partake on and grab and really begin to utilize that immediately in your life to help unblock your bliss or rather unlock your bliss. So check out Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U, dot com. And then I also want to thank our next sponsor of the show, All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable Incorporated is a telecommunications installation firm located in the heart of Silicon Valley. They've been in business since 1989, and they specialize in voice, data, fiber optic, wireless access point installation, as well as the complete network distribution that allows you to communicate with your clients, uh, whether they're next door or across the world, uh, by making that right connection the first time. They also do audio, video, speaker systems. So if you have a need, whether you're small, mid-sized, or large corporation or business, or even a solopreneur, uh, check out All Day Cable. They handle the western region of the United States, and they would love, love, love to make the right connections for you. And you can check them out at alldaycableinc.com. All righty. So are you ready to hear about our fabulous guest? Let me tell you about Pollyanna. 
Pollyanna is a public speaker and a coach to working moms. She herself has had her own struggles as she has had to learn how to be a full-time litigation attorney and a full-time mom while trying to do it all without losing her cool or her sanity. Although she has represented Fortune 500 companies and local government agencies, her biggest challenges were right at home. She struggled. The struggle was real, and the journey was often a bumpy one. Now, who cannot relate to this? But through the many highs and lows, she learned valuable lessons that she now shares with other working moms. And so I want to welcome Miss Pollyanna Laura to the Blissful Living Show. Hey, Pollyanna, how you doing, girl? Good morning, Rochelle Marie. I am great. How are you? I'm fabulous. And so I love that, uh, you know, you have the... You know, you're a litigation attorney and a mom and, you know, full-time mom at that. And uh, you're helping other mothers or other working mothers to really, um, really go through the challenges much more simpler. And, and if anybody's out there working, whether you're a mom or a dad and you, you've you got kids, you know, it can be difficult at times to uh you know, have your job and be exceptional at that and then also be an exceptional parent. Sometimes the two lives kind of intertwine, so to speak. And so what I want to ask you or what I want to start off is why did you choose the profession of being a lawyer? Um, You know, ever since I was young, I... I was never a shy girl. I was uh-huh. um, outspoken and intuitive and always curious. And I think my first exposure to what a lawyer is and what lawyers do was so intriguing to me because I thought I get to stand there and tell a judge my side of the story and then the other person gets to tell the judge their side of the story and I'm going to get the judge to believe mine. You know, it was almost like fighting with my brother and trying to get my mother <laughs> to say, Pollyanna, you get the extra. You won. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And your brother doesn't. So it was kind of one of those things. And I had an older sibling, so that happened often in our house. And so <laughs> I, I also, um, you know, really like, it, it's like a lot of mental gymnastics. It's problem solving. It's puzzle pieces. So that always intrigued me. And I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I think since I was about, you know, six or seven, I knew I I wanted to be a lawyer. And um, here I am. So that's how that happened. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, there's a big difference between being a lawyer and being a lawyer that handles and represents Fortune 500 companies. You know, there's the lawyer at the corner, um, you know, that has an office on the corner that handles, you know, wills and estate planning and stuff like that, or, you know, divorce attorney, which can be also really messy, so to speak. Right. But, you know, representing a Fortune 500 companies and local government agencies, that's big time. How did you decide to specialize in that? You know, when I, you know, after I graduated law school and I took the bar exam and I was ready to, like they say, hang up my shingle, you know, I interviewed with many law firms in Los Angeles and um, 
the law firm that I connected with most was actually um, a big law firm, and they had a wide variety of clientele. And so when I took the job, they said, you know, our two client, our biggest clients are a law enforcement entity who shall remain nameless, yeah. and um, we also have we also have um, another division where we represent Fortune 500 companies, you know, and lawsuits that they're being um, filed against. And and the, I'm just going to make the little segue into why the journey was so much more difficult is because. I was not a solo practitioner. So the the young lady or the young man that opens up his own shop on that corner, like you're talking about, has a lot more freedom and independence to, you know, close his doors and not answer his phone if he has to run to school or she has to leave early to go watch a ballet recital or a soccer game or something, you know. When you work for a law firm, the expectation is much more different because you are an employee and there are certain requirements that you have to maintain to stay employed at that law firm. And so that was just right. yet another layer of, you know, really stressful times that created much anxiety for me as soon as I got pregnant. So... so- you know, so here's what I want to want to um, ask you, Pollyanna, with regards to like you know that working for a big law firm, you know, with all the responsibilities and expectations and you know things that go along with that. You know, of course, they're paying you a lot of money, so they expect you to when they call or when they drop, you pick up, right? That's right. That's and, right. Um, right. Right. And and. You know, then, you know, you, you as a young attorney, you know, you, you want to be the best that you can be. You want to strive and be that successful, that go-to attorney. But then life happens and you get married and you start to have children. How did you incorporate the responsibilities of your job, your career, into your real life of, you know, being a mom, how did you incorporate all of that and, and make it synergistic? So, you know, you're, you're, it's like you're rewinding my movie, and as you're speaking, I'm literally getting flashbacks and visions of walking around the law firm while I was pregnant with my first child. And, you know, I talk about this, the sheer joy of finding out that I was pregnant and, you know, we were going to start a family was equally met with complete anxiety because I did Mm. not know how I was going to do that. And there's no guidebook. You know, all my managing partners were men. They were all older. Most of them had already had their children. Nobody was a new father. And there was so much shame and guilt in how am I going to do this and how am I going to do it well and I still want the big cases, and I still want the big assignments. I don't want to be looked at, you know, with the proverbial asterisk next to my name because, oh, Pollyanna is now going to be a mother. Excuse me. Pollyanna is now going to want to take time off. So all of that was happening in the same time in my head, and I didn't know how I was going to reconcile it, and that's Mm. that's why I'm doing this now. I, I honestly didn't know, and 
you know, I, I talk about this, and, you know, my greatest role mo- model is my mother, but she played a very different role. She was a stay-at-home mom. You know, she never had to worry about after-school rides, carpools. So right. I didn't have guidance in the fact that how am I going to do the two things that I'm very passionate about, which is, you know, being a lawyer and helping people right. and creating a nurturing, loving environment for my family. And so that, Rochelle, that's when it all fell apart for me. And I'm being very candid because I didn't know how to do it. And I wasn't willing to take a step back from being a practicing attorney. Some people take a year or two or five years off. I didn't want to do that. And to be even more candid, I couldn't afford to do it. You know, you talk about the big bucks. You know, well, the big bucks kind of creates a certain lifestyle, you know, and then now there's a baby on the way. Well, that's even more expense and more responsibility. So it wasn't, I wasn't in a situation where I could say, okay, now that I'm pregnant, I'm going to step back from everything for the next two years, you know, be the cute mom and go to all the mommy play dates and all the mommy meetings because I, I couldn't do that. And I was worried about doing that because I didn't want to be looked at differently, perceived as less than to my male counterparts or my women counterparts that were not mothers. So now, how did you find the the synergy between the two? Did you, like, get help? Um, Did you hire a nanny? Did you – how did you find the synergy? Because I I know that being a Fortune 500 uh, lawyer, so to speak, or representing Fortune 500 companies in a big law firm, you know, it's a lot of responsibilities and expectations. And they don't care if you're a mom or new or whatever. Exactly. The client has exactly. Needs. And so how did you find the, the synergy or the, the assistance to uh, be able to keep your job but still be that loving mom? What What was the one thing that you could share with the listeners that they could take away with regards to trying to find synergy no matter what kind of career you're in? It's when you become a mom. Oh, absolutely. And and the truth is, no, I I did not get help. I did not hire a nanny. I did not take a leave from work. And, you know, as buzzword and as, you know, trendy as it sounds, I, I had a little bit of a meltdown. And then I said, look, if I don't change my mindset, something's going to give. I'm either going to, you know, because when you're juggling too many balls at the same time, something's going to drop. And I wasn't prepared to have one of those very, very expensive balls drop because it was either lose my job or detach from my children. And, I mean, those those alternatives were neither that I was prepared to take. So, very easy tip. I decided, you know, at, at the time... Bluetooth and taking calls in your cell, uh, you know, car, calls on your car was just a new thing. And right. I always felt, just like you said, I thought, you know what? If a client calls me after hours, I better not miss that call because they're going to think, oh, if I was calling my male attorney, he would be answering the phone. He wouldn't be driving to soccer, or he wouldn't be, you know, 
giving a bath to the kids. You know, all the things that I, most of these were just in my head, but still, you know, I didn't want to be looked at less than. So I just made the decision, you know what, I'm not taking calls after 5 o'clock. So 5 o'clock on, I'm mom. And everything can wait because nothing is happening at 5. No courts are open. There's no hearings. There's no procedures happening. I'm not going to file anything. I'm not preparing a emergency document. And you know what? It's mom time. Because right. on the flip side, when I'm at work from 8 to 4 and the kids were at school, they weren't interrupting me. My clients and my colleagues and my boss and my firm got my full attention. And so I felt that after 5 o'clock, the opposite had to start taking effect. So when I picked up the kids, they had my full attention. And it oh, was like not that. easy. I am, you know, I'm not saying I'm a workaholic, but I'm very dedicated to my job. It was almost like I was having withdrawals, like, I have to check email. I have to see if anybody <laughs> It's this fear of, you know, not meeting your clients' expectations. But I started feeling better about myself. You know, when I'm with the kids, we were driving in the car and singing Disney songs or doing whatever, I would see a call come through and I would have to turn around and tell the kids, shh, you know, mommy has to take a work call. And I started doing that because I felt, you know, I'm compromising their time and the fun bonding that I was doing with them because some, you know, completely insignificant call about something that might happen in two years was bothering my client, and they wanted to talk about it. Truth is, at 5.30, I want to be singing Disney songs in the back of the car with my kids, and they needed that. So the first thing I would say is, you know, just set your boundaries of home and work. And, you know, the other thing I started to do is I started to realize what my needs were over my kids and my firm. So at lunch... I started doing things for myself. There was a time when I looked like a cave woman, you know. No, I, I wasn't getting my eyebrows done, my hair, my nails. And I started not feeling good about how I looked because I wasn't tending to my own needs. Right. And so I started thinking, you know, lunch, I started looking at it as like adult recess. I get to do something fun for me. So that one hour, it's not about the kids. It's not about my client. It's not about my boss. I want to do something fun for me. I want to go sit at Starbucks and shop for cute booties or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> but for right. years, I I never put myself and my needs anywhere on that spectrum. So I went straight from home to the office, from the office straight into mom mode, and then by 10 o'clock I was dog-tired <laughs> and I would just crash and then wake right. up and do it again the next day, and I was burning out. And so I decided if I don't start squeezing some me time, something's going to, you know, something terrible is going to happen. And I see that happening all the time. And if I just may, I've seen that even worse through this, you know, pandemic. Moms lost it all. And not a dig against working dads. So please don't misunderstand me, and I don't want your audience to think that parents – do not equally share the burden, but I gotta be honest. All of the stuff that I saw was mom struggling, and I do look for struggling dads too. So it wasn't that my right. um, opinion is skewed just to working moms. 
But during COVID, it was like insane. So people who didn't have these struggles, it was right there, right in their face. What are you going to do now? You have two kids who have to homeschool. My dining room table became, you know, school, library. The classroom. (laughs) Well, the courtroom, you know, everything. And so I'm thankful that some of these techniques or some of these tools that I started incorporating way before COVID helped me cope. Otherwise, I mean, I would have lost my mind. You know, it is challenging. It has been challenging with um, COVID, and it was challenging before. You know, if you're a working parent, mom, if you have, you know, I'm just going to say mom because it's really what it's kind of all about, but dads too. But if you're a working parent, there is a a struggle with the balance, right? Um, You want to do well at your job, but you also want to be the best parent that you can be. And if you don't realize your needs and put yourself first, then it just doesn't happen on either end. And so it's great that you realize that because um, it's important for everybody to understand that um, you have to put yourself first in order to be the best that you can be for those that you love and care about. Now, you know, um, you, you 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 have two children, right? Correct. Um, so, I'm, uh, so with regards to the the children, I, I take it they're bigger now, and and you give them uh, they they have a little bit more, I want to say, leeway or stimulants, and they know the ebb and flow of how things are going or how they're going to go because you've been doing this for a while. What would you share with the moms out there or the dads out there listening um, about um, how to create the ease of semblance not only for yourself but for your children so that when you guys do come together, it's more of a loving, compassionate you know, caring time versus, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Okay, I'm going to cook, you do this, you do that, you know, because it, it, we can all get caught up in that. What would you share with, what what tip would you share with the listeners out there um, on how to create more semblance beyond just realizing your needs and taking time out for yourself um, when it comes to just managing the kids? You know, the the one thing is I I really tried to train myself to be present and that was one of the reasons I stopped taking calls after hours because I was setting an example for my children you know it's six o'clock and we're gonna have dinner when when they were too young to help in the kitchen they were setting a table they were filling the water they were figuring out what they wanted for dessert and nobody gets to be on technology, no TV, I wasn't on my phone. And so that, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes was really family time. But Mm. I believe I had to set the example because if I'm on my phone, I'm checking email, I'm trying to type up a document when we're all at home, what am I telling them? You know, I'm telling them the thing I'm doing is more important than the time I need to spend with you. Now, granted, the thing I was doing was generating income, which was providing a roof over our head and food on the table. But there was a time and a place for that. So if I'm telling my kids no TV, no phones, no technology, 
I had to set that same example. And so it was much easier for us to be like a united group and a team as opposed to me being the dictator saying, you guys can't be on your phone, you can't watch TV, you can't do technology, but I'm going to. All right. And so it really helped us connect and bond and talk about, and I was, <laughs> excuse me, I used to always tell my kids, you know, I want to know the funniest thing that happened today and one thing you learned. And so by engaging them during that time while I'm cooking, they're setting the table or they're filling water, like I said, or figuring out what they were going to have for dessert, we had really good conversations. And that still Mm. goes on to this day. And, you know, I've got two teenagers. But we've all kind of gotten into this rhythm of the next hour is just family time. And and they're getting older, their needs are changing, you know, the, they want to spend more time with their friends. And I get that because about 150 right. years ago, I was a teenager too. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager too, walking around with the dinosaurs, you know. So I remember that. But I don't let them get away with completely shifting their whole focus and attention because I didn't do that to them. And so over the years it's kind of this cool thing. Like, they can go and talk on their phones or game or do the things they want to do, but only after we've had our family time. And it's very rewarding. And I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's very true. I love that. I mean, it, that, that's some great advice is engaging your your children in conversation about their day as, you know, you say you cook and have them set the table or, you know, a limiting cell phone and or technology use and you being the example to do that as well. I think so much today that all the kids are just on technology like crazy and the parents are too. And I've literally been at dinner watch you know, in a restaurant, so to speak, watching no dialogue going on. You got the parents on their cell phone and you got the kids on their cell phone. It's like to me it's like what's the purpose of going out Isn't to dinner? That horrible? If yes. I mean it and is. no judgment. I get what people do, but at some point I'm thinking, you know, what communication skills, what compassion are are these kids learning if they're not held to any type of a standard of be engaged. Ask right. mom how her day was. Ask your brother, you know, what was the, how did the football game go? Whatever. But, you know, I understand people need to do what they need to do, but I think when you're in it, you don't know the consequences or the ramifications of some of the decisions you're making. I agree. I, you know, I agree. And again, you know, no judgment. I don't know what's going on in people's lives, but exactly, I do know exactly. that, you know, I do know that if you are going to go to dinner, out to dinner, so to speak, um, it's it sets a bad example uh, to be the parent, and you're on your cell phones, and the kids, and you're on their cell phone. What, what my whole purpose? I guess my whole basis behind that is then what's the point of going out to dinner? You can do that at home. You know, uh, you can order in. You know what I mean? I mean, we got so much uh, available to us today that, you know, you don't have to necessarily cook to have a restaurant-type meal. A meal. You, know, you can order yeah. in, right. And so it's just sad to me when I see that because when I was growing up, of course, there was – I'm like I'm probably 
prior to you, prehistoric, before the dinosaurs, so to speak. But there was no, you know, there was none of this technology. And I'm fortunate that my kids are older and they, you know, this technology didn't come out until they were late in high school and and, in college, so to speak. So um, we were able to have those conversations in the morning at breakfast and in the evening at dinner. And um, I think it's beautiful. And even they, my children, realized, like, you know, because they have nieces and nephews, that they realize that, you know, everything has changed. Everything has changed, and there's no engagement. There's no interaction. There's no socialization. So it makes sense that these children, now that we're stuck in COVID, are having socialization anxiety issues because they don't socialize. They're on their technology. They don't know how. Right. They don't know how because technology is their socialization. And so um, it's it's beautiful that you share this with those that are listening um, to just, you know, take this. It could be 15 minutes. I mean, you never know how how much that 15 minutes of engagement with your children um, is going to be so beneficial. How how far it can go. Yeah, you just, you never know. So thank you for sharing that, Pollyanna, because that, I think that's really, really a cool tip and, and really important as we continue down this technology tra- trajectory, so to speak. I see us becoming more and more isolated, but I see us as humans having the need to socialize, but we're losing the skill on how to socialize outside of our technology. Um, now, I want to ask you this. Ooh, I want to ask you this. Now, who was your role model when it came to, you know, managing your career and managing your household? Did you have a particular role model that you looked at or, um, you know, beyond your mommy? Or was it, you know, just uh, you just did it? You just kind of figured stuff out? You know, the truth is, you know, we touched on it. It was my mom. And, again, our roles were different, you know. She, <clears throat> excuse me, she made Halloween costumes. She baked everything. She, Mm. you know, homemade meals every day. So while she didn't work out of the home for years, and now she's a business owner, so, you know, it came (laughs) circle. Yeah, but now All that was prepping her to be her own business owner. Honestly, honestly. But but the point, what what I'm saying is why she was such a good role model for me is because I learned and I saw my mom do everything and I, I I strived to be that woman and that mother despite having a full time highly stressful, you know, highly demanding right. career. But it it was like when I came home I was my mom. You know You know the, that the I think that, I think I think, you know, it's um I think that's beautiful because even though your mom wasn't working outside the home, she still was your role model with regards to different aspects of what she did. And then once she got all of you guys, you know, outside the Out house, the door. she was able really to <laughs> step into being, to live her dream of being a business owner. Now, I have one question because we're, we're almost at our time. I have one more sure. question for you. You know, what would you say to the moms and the dads out there that are working moms and dads out there um, with regards to shame and guilt? What would you say to them about oh my gosh! I wish you had that. about six. I wish 
you had about six hours left because I could speak <laughs> on shame and guilt. I am not even kidding. I, I do a whole talk on shame and guilt because it's um it's very real. It's despite the advancement of women in high power roles and, you know, breaking the glass ceiling, if you will, shame and guilt mm-hmm. is very real. I would the, the one thing I would tell the audience about shame and guilt is leave it in that moment and mm, don't bring it beautiful. into your mind. Just leave it in that moment and I will share one quick example. I was at the grocery store with my two children. My daughter I think was still in a carrier so I had put her in the shopping cart and my son was like three or four, so I was holding his hand. This is so vivid, Rochelle. It's like, it was like yesterday. But this has we been have one, burned We have in. one minute, Pollyanna. Really quick. You know, I had another mom stare me down because I had two babies at the grocery store with me. I will never forget how bad that woman's look made me feel for doing such such a simple, necessary thing of being at the grocery store. I would tell them, tell your listeners Leave the shame and guilt right in that moment, and don't let it come in. That's oh, all. I love it. I love it. That that's that's <laughs> beautiful. That's a beautiful summarization of that because I think you know everybody struggles with that, particularly parents in this day and age, and I'm sure parents in our day and age as well. But everyone struggles with that, and that's beautiful. Leave that shame and guilt in that moment. That moment you were in the grocery store with your children, and that lady gave you gave you as they say slang terms, mean mug you, so to speak, you know, shame on her, for one, because you're you're being the mom doing what moms do, right? And two, good for you because you left it in that moment and you didn't carry it with you once you got outside the grocery store and the rest of the day. So beautiful, beautiful tips and, and words of wisdom for everybody out there that's a working professional mom or dad and you have children. Um, Pollyanna dropped some nuggets of gold for us, and I hope you all were able to take notes and just, you know, reread the notes once we're you're done listening to this. Reread the notes, and you know, we all have smartphones, so to speak. Put a note in there that pops up every day on your calendar to, you know, leave any shame and guilt in that moment, or set boundaries for work versus home, or how about realize your own needs first so that you can be the best that you can be for those that you love and care about and your career, you know, so many nuggets of gold. So, first of all, thank you, Pollyanna. I, the time goes by really, really fast because we're yeah, My really absolute deep. pleasure, <laughs> absolute pleasure. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you listeners for, again, tuning in to Blissful Living. Again, if you like the show, please subscribe to it. Please share it with everyone you know, love, and care about because there's always different topics and pertaining around wellness, wisdom, and wealth that helps us to be the best that we can be so that we can live the life of our dreams. So share the show, subscribe it, um, subscribe to it. And lastly, I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Go check them out. I guarantee they have some phenomenal things that you will just absolutely love, so go check them out. And then the other sponsor of the show, All Day Cable Incorporated at alldaycableinc.com. 
check them out as well if you have a need for a great telecommunication installation company that, uh, and you're located in the western region of the United States. Until next time, everyone, this is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I want to wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And I'm going to close with this last thing that Pollyanna said is leave the shame and guilt in that moment. Don't carry it with you as extra baggage throughout your day. And watch the beauty that manifests in your life when you do that. Take good care, everyone. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.